You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. Well, good morning again. Uh, it's time now to turn into God's Word. Uh, now that we've done all our awkward shifting and moving about, I wish you, we can't we can't edit live stream, you know. So we just have to live with our clunkiness and and that kind of thing. If you have your Bibles with you, your phones, your devices that will allow you to look at the Scripture today, um, we ask that you would turn to the book of First Peter. We are now entering into a new series of preaching. Um, this series is called The Good Life, Living the Good Life. And uh, it's it's a good book, First uh, Peter, for us to dig into, especially in the times that we're living right now. And I know the streaming is being weird right now, so just bear with it, and uh, hopefully everything will, will get back to normal. Hmm. That's an interesting phrase. I bet you said that a few times. Uh, without thinking, we, we often, in our conversation during this shutdown and restrictions uh, due to the coronavirus, um, I, we're, we're starting to hear people say, man, I, I wish life would just get back to normal. Uh, people are really anxious uh, for that sort of thing. I would like to think, let's not get back to normal. Um, let's get back to being together again. I'm all for that. But I'm hoping that what God is doing during this time is producing something in us, especially as a church, but as individuals as well, um, new habits, uh, a new way of thinking, a new way of living, and, uh, and, 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 and that we'll carry that on as we move into the days ahead of us. Um, I know that just the way we've been doing uh, things lately with having to live stream our services and then having the live stream freeze up on us, that people are adjusting and, and the, and people in the church are actually rising up. I had a really great conversation with Justin Gwynn, uh, earlier this week and he said, yeah, the, the stream froze up and he says, so we just turned the TV off because it was kind of frustrating and that. And they cracked open the Bible and they started talking. And, and when I say they, it wasn't just Justin and, and his family. It was a couple of students and, uh, and some other members of the church that they invited over. And I've heard of other people doing the same thing where they're inviting other to come and join them in their homes, you know, staying in small groups. So the way you've accommodated and the way that you've been gathering together, in a way, to me, it makes it seem that um, that we're actually being more like the early church in Acts chapter 2 uh, than ever before. The, this gathering together, sharing with one another, and digging into, into the Word. And actually, people are rising up and being teachers in their own homes uh, and uh, leading others into knowledge and understanding of God's Word. That is a cool thing. In a way, I think what we're seeing is our concept of the refuge group um, becoming more organic. And so my hope is that we don't necessarily get back to normal, but that we do something completely different and we let what God is doing and producing in us continue in, in one form or another in the days to come. So First Peter becomes a kind of a good instruction book for us, a manual for us to look at. And I'm not even in First Peter. I'm somewhere else. So give me a second while I turn my Bible there. And... Uh, and I think it's good for us to look at God's word and say, well, God, what are you saying to us right now? In this particular span of history, 
what is it that you want us to know? What is it that you want us uh, to understand? So uh, so that's part of the reason why we have this series and why we're going to do this. And I'm anxious to see what's going to happen because we've got such a great team of guys to bring God's Word to us. And I can't wait to hear what they have to say uh, from the messages that are going to come out of this book. So we'll be in this book until probably July. Uh, so we'll see what happens as as we go through. But uh, let's just get into this. Let me, let me kind of get into the circumstances behind the epistle that, that Peter wrote here. Um, during that time of the writing and the sending of this letter, um, times were tough. Times were really hard. And I don't know if you look at it this way, but I kind of do. The hard times of life are, well, they're the fertilizer of life. And if you know anything about early fertilizer, you know what it was composed of. Um, you can understand that um, hard times are <laughs> and, and fertilizer are not a fun thing, not a, not a fun thing to go through. And whenever we go through those kind of experiences, and you've probably heard this phrase before, these things will either make you better or they'll make you bitter. In a way, that's kind of true. Um, hard circumstances or difficult circumstances in life, and they're always there. They've, they've existed before coronavirus. Coronavirus is just a, a new hard circumstance that we're dealing with. There will be other hard circumstances that we face in life after the pandemic has passed. Um, they always exist. And I think this is an important thing for us to understand is that, you know, you and I, we cannot choose the circumstances of our lives. We, we are not in control of every circumstance that we face in life. But we always are in control of the attitude in which we face them. So we can approach difficulties and we can grow from them or we can resist difficulties, but as a result become stunted and moldy and rotten. So they truly do make us either better or bitter. It just comes down to how we choose to respond to them. Now, going back to the circumstances of the people, the, the, the early church when Peter wrote this letter, um, it's the early to mid-60s uh, A.D. Life was getting pretty tough for Christians at that point. They've only been a, uh, around for about 30 years. They're, you know, it's a pretty brief span of time in the, in the, the horizon of human history. Uh, and things were, you know, the church has always been kind of in a fertilizer situation, in a tough time. And we're going to see how they reacted to that. Now, Nero happened to be the nutcake that was, you know, running the Roman Empire at that time. And when Rome burned during a fire, he didn't necessarily provide the soundtrack for that on a fiddle, but he did provide a scapegoat for all of his gross mismanagements of, of affairs. He blamed the Christians. He says the reason that everything's going bad, the reason that there was a fire that burnt so much of Rome and all that is it's the Christians. The Christians are the source of our problems. And in a way, we're living in a society where there's that mentality now. Uh, people are looking back and saying if all the problems and all the things that are wrong with the world today go back to religion or go back to Christianity or go back to the Western, um, the Western world and that kind of the Western civilization and that kind of thing. So that was their situation and that made things very hard, uh, on the church and in their very fledgling, uh, existence. So Peter was faced with the question of, well, 
whether or not the church was going to buckle under the pressure that they were facing or whether it would be bolstered up by faith uh, to come out of the other side of this uh, in even a better condition. And I think that's very timely for us today is to say, well, are we going to buckle under everything that's going on in life today or are we going to be bolstered up by faith to be in an even better condition when we get to the other side? So let's now talk about the people that uh, Peter is writing to in this letter. Uh, his initial audience were mostly Gentiles. Uh, there were Jewish believers in there as well. Uh, they lived in the region that today we now recognize as modern-day Turkey. Now, you're going to see in the text that we're going to read today that they were considered to be exiles, and that meant that they were sojourners uh, in a, uh, without a home. Okay, uh, They were just... Uh, passing through their home was somewhere other than this world. Uh, later on in the book, in chapter 2, verse 12, we're going to see that these people were instructed to keep their behavior excellent uh, among an unbelieving generation. Now, that's very key to remember throughout this series, that that's what Peter was asking of these people, because that's what God wanted from them and wants from us today, is to keep our behavior excellent amongst an unbelieving generation. Another thing that we're going to see about the people that uh, Peter was writing to is that they were a transformed people. Um, uh, and, and I think when we, when we talk about living the good life, I, I mean, what's the good life? We all can have different answers. If you were to just come and have a cup of coffee with me and say, Nick, what's the good life? I'd say, oh, for me, it's camping. You know, it's just getting out in the hills, pitching a tent and just, uh, you know, laying in a hammock and relaxing or, or maybe riding my bicycle, you know, at breakneck speeds. Uh, well, no, I guess that's not true. Break collarbone and break ankle or, heel speeds, but you know, that's, I love being on my bike and, and, and just riding out there and doing stuff. That, that's, that's the good life. Spending time with family, uh, hanging, that's the good life. I think we could think of a lot of different ways that we could describe the good life, but if we were to ask God, you know, what, what's the good life? My belief is that his answer would be a transformed life. That that's the best life you can live, a life that is constantly being transformed from brokenness, from sin, from guilt, from wreckage, uh, death, to the very life of Jesus Christ lived out in us. And so that's the goal of this letter. That'll be the goal of our preaching through this series, that we have a deeper understanding of what this transformed life looks like. And a transformed life is a life that is set apart, a life that is meant to be holy. Okay, so we're going to talk a lot about holiness as we work through this this uh, series as well. So at least with these particular people, in chapter 2, verse 9, we're going to see that they were called out of darkness. There's transformation from darkness to light. In verse 10 of chapter 2, uh, they were once not a people, but now made the people of God. Uh, that's that's cool because that's about identity. They were no longer ignorant or futile in their thinking. Chapter 1, verses 14 and 18. Uh, they were no longer engaged in debauchery or idolatry, the Gentile practices that were going on there. They were, they were living entirely different lives now, or they were supposed to, no matter what the circumstances were. Um, but we also see that they were a people that were now maligned uh, and... Uh, facing hostility from their countrymen. 
Lots of change were going on, but the question would be, are these changes going to stick? And, and as we read through the letter, we can probably see that what Peter's giving as instruction is this, is, this is how you make the change stick. This is how transformation continues uh, in your life. So uh, just like them, uh, we face a lot of the same things. We also live in a society that has grown, well, hostile and suspicious towards faith or religion or Christianity. And so it's good for us to, to dig into God's word and get some instruction from that. So let's do just that. If you would uh, look now to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, we're just going to look at the first two verses today, very briefly, and uh, it's just packed with theology. I'm going to tell you that right now, even though it's a greeting, lots of theology from the get-go. Uh, so here it is, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, where it, uh, it says, Peter, an apostle of Christ. Now, I want you to think just for a minute about the guy that's writing this letter. I mean, look at his past. His mouth was always getting him into trouble. Uh, he was on fire one minute and then kind of a big fat let down the next. He could be volatile and undependable. <laughs> if anything, Peter, when we read about him in the Gospels, was sort of a picture of inconsistency. Not what you would think would be the model of a holy, uh, disciplined life. But you see, something happened to Peter. And it was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit upon him that, again, transformed him into a solid, state, unshakable apostle of Jesus Christ, able to write a letter uh, to encourage holiness and obedience from others um, that, that's just amazing uh, that as, as the years progressed for Peter, he grew, he transformed, and, uh, and he rose to a position of, of great dependability. You know, that fact tells me that there's a lot of hope for me and you, uh, that that same grace and peace that comes from God alone that Peter experienced uh, can transform our lives as well. So just that in itself is an amazing thing, just the opening of this letter. But he carries on to say this, to those, we're, we're finding out who he's writing to, to those who are the elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay? So the thing that jumps out here usually is that word elect. And man, we as Christians over the centuries have gone back and forth about exactly what that means to be the elect. Uh, this is what I think we have to understand is the way, what Peter was saying there is he wasn't telling us something that we would take from either a Calvinistic approach or an Armenian approach of, of, of being chosen. What he was saying there is what we are chosen for. So whatever your persuasion might be, let's not forget that the important question to ask is, well, okay, we're chosen, but what did God choose us for? What's the purpose of, of this? And it's pretty clear in this scripture of the phrasing that Peter was using is that, that these people he were talking to were basically assigned by God to be his representation in a scattering that was occurring during that particular span of history. Uh, we might say, in a sense, that they were God's essential workers 
in that particular particular geography during that particular uh, time. Does that sound familiar to us? I mean, we're scattered. <laughs> we're kind of living like exiles in our homes, so to speak. Um, we're, we're facing difficulties. Um, could it be that God has chosen common ground? Uh, could it be that he's chosen each and every one of us to be his essential workers in his kingdom? Uh, to be his representation during this time? to represent to people or show to people what it looks like to live a transformed life no matter what the circumstances might be, I think that's definitely worth considering. So let's see ourselves as uh, chosen exiles, elect exiles of the dispersion, uh, of the scattering. That's what we're chosen for. Uh, Let's rise up to it. Now in verse 2, he then carries this on. This is where the theology starts to get really deep. Uh, He says that we have been chosen, or or that they were chosen to be scattered for this reason, by the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. And this is just amazing. In one verse, Peter just packs it full of the working of the Trinity. Okay, this is the Trinity at work. And and the Trinity has been at work from well before the beginning, through all of eternity. You can go back to Genesis and you can see that the Father, the Spirit, and the Son were all part of creation. That, that they were all present at that and they were all active in doing something in that. And they always have been. And, and it always seems that as you read through the Bible, through the Old Testament and in, into the New Testament, that there was lots of difficulty along the way. Life was tough for Abraham. Life was hard for Moses and the Hebrew people. It wasn't easy for Joshua. Uh, David uh, didn't have smooth sailing all the time. And, and the prophets especially were going through some very, very difficult times. And in all of those times, the Trinity uh, was at work in much the same way that uh, Peter just describes it uh, here. Uh, Peter is saying that um, salvation is a triune accomplishment. It's ordained by the Father. We are set apart and made righteous by the Spirit. And we are under submission to Christ uh, because of his sacrifice on the cross. Sprinkled clean of our sins because of his blood. Now, Father, Son, Spirit, all are the effectors of your salvation and mine. Now, we could go on for years talking about that sort of thing. This is just an introductory. This is just kind of to kick things off. Uh, so sit back and, and buckle up and hang on because in the weeks to come, we're going to go a lot deeper into all those things. So again, the question is, is well, what is the good life? Um, I believe that the good life is the, the new life that has been procured for us by the work of the full Godhead. Uh, salvation, which produces a life of holiness, um, we might call that sanctification, which occurs at once because of the work of Christ and, and the Holy Spirit, but it's also a work that continues and progresses through our, our whole lifetime. It's that long, difficult process of ongoing submission to the Holy Spirit uh, as we live. Uh, I, I, this, I guess, would be the main point I hope we come away with today, and, and that is this, is that holiness is the work of God in us. Holiness is not the work that we do. 
or, or that we produce. Um, it's what we do or what we produce, how we live our lives, our attitudes and, and actions and that sort of thing should be just the, the outworkings of God's work in our life. We can't produce holiness, but God can and God alone can do that. And I think that's the great launching point for First Peter is how do I become holy? How do I live a transformed life? How do I live the good life when circumstances aren't so good? Um, it all comes down to our absolute dependence upon the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and the work that they produce in us, that work called salvation. And then he closes, uh, Peter closes his greeting with this, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. I think we understand what grace is. I think we understand what peace is. Um, uh, Peter learned what those things were, and it's what made him be the man that he became. Um, it's what transforms us in our life, that grace of God through Jesus Christ, that peace that only he can give. But I think we need to park on that word multiplied to you. Um, what Peter was saying there is, may grace and peace be given to its fullest measure. That was his heart for the people that he was writing to. Uh, Christians who were facing very difficult circumstances, Christians who were being blamed for things they never did, Christians who weren't very well liked by their countrymen, and Christians who were scattered uh, in this world. Um, I think that uh, that we can relate to that. And if that was God's desire for those folks in that particular span of history, I think we can rest assured that that's God's desire for us today in this particular span of history, that we would know his grace and that we would know his peace to the fullest measure. So let me close with these two questions. Do you want to live the good life? I do. And I'm not just talking about camping or riding my bike or that sort of thing. I'm, I'm talking about experiencing that transformation, um, that work of salvation accomplished by the Trinity. Um, that's, that's it. Um, do you want to know the, the fullness of God's grace and peace? Then I'd say turn to him today. Um, give everything to him. Uh, maybe you've done that before, I, I, and, and, and just maybe it's that time to do it again, to say, uh, God, here I am. Lord, uh, Father, you have ordained me to be your child. Um, your Holy Spirit is, is the one who has transformed me into being your child and your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, by his death and his resurrection, um, makes me uh, a son or a daughter as well. And there's nothing you can do. Uh, there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that another person can do for you because the Trinity's already done it all. Um, all that's left to us is to make a choice. So like I said, we cannot choose every single circum, single circumstance that comes into our life, but we can choose the attitude in which we face them. And if we find ourselves in a need for greater grace and greater mercy and greater peace to be experienced in our life, if we are at a point where we need that transformation that would help us to live what God calls the good life, then we have a choice to make. Uh, and, and that choice is simply either to um, accept what Jesus has done for us or to believe 
and receive. Uh, it is our hope and our wish that you believe and receive. If you want to know more about how you do that, um, it's pretty simple, actually. You just do it. And you just turn to God right now and say, here I am. Take me. I'm yours. Uh, transform my life. Boom. That's it. But if you have more questions about that, it's still possible for us to talk about those things, um, to sit down and, and visit about that, and we would encourage you to do that. So just give us a yell, give us a shout, and we'd be happy to walk you, walk with you through that. Well, Common Ground Church, I'm, I'm anxious to see where this goes. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this particular series and uh, grateful for Mark Cole for suggesting that we uh, look through the book of First Peter for a while. So that's where we're going to park. Uh, as we close, I want to encourage you to uh, read your Bibles. Uh, read First Peter over and over and over again. Read it several times. Read it all the way through from beginning to end in, in one sitting. Read it from different versions. Read it with other people. Uh, sit down and just take turns reading verses or chapters or paragraphs or something like that, but really dig into First Peter and let God do the talking. Uh, let the Holy Spirit begin to bring things out to you, and hopefully as we work through these and the messages to come, uh, we're going to see a lot of growth, and together, no matter what our circumstances are, we'll find ourselves living what God calls the good life. So let me pray, and we'll close at that, and uh, God bless you all. Father, thank you for the work that you have done through all of eternity. Um, thank you for uh, salvation. <laughs> and, and thank you how, how you work that out and, and how you continue to work that into our lives and out of our lives in so many different ways. Lord, I pray for those that might be wrestling right now. Uh, I pray for those that maybe struggle to believe that you would love them. Maybe they struggle to believe that you could change them. Uh, maybe they feel like they're just locked in to brokenness or uh, habits that are destructive or, or something like that. God, uh, my prayer is that you will meet them in their need today and you will show yourself mighty in your grace and peace and that you would just lavish them with mercy and love. Um, God, it's very clear that you love us. Uh, you sent your son to die on a cross for our sakes and, and that was an act of love. Um, Lord, help us to see as we read the scriptures that, that every act, every work that you were doing was, was because of your desire uh, to be with people, to be reunited with those who had left and forsaken you. And thank you, God, that we can experience that, that salvation is the same um, from beginning all the way to the end of this age. So we pray that that will be realized. And Lord, we pray that we will definitely be a transformed people and that together we would encourage one another to pursue holiness and to constantly uh, seek that desire to be in submission to Jesus Christ, walking as he walked. And Lord, we pray that as you transform us, that we would decrease and that Christ would increase in us. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, God bless you, Common Ground. Thanks for tuning in and joining us, or thanks for watching this video later. Um, share it, and uh, yeah, let's, let's keep praying that God will bring us back together soon. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.